And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters. Sam and I are here on Thursday, July 14th with Andrew Doxy of Celtics Blog, friend of the show. Second, third time back? I can't remember the exact time, but Just thank second. you for joining must be, us. Must be the other Andrew Doxy you had on. <laughs> second, second. Yes, yes. I forgot about your your twin, your clone. Uh, welcome yeah. back. Thank you for joining us, Andrew. We appreciate you taking the time. No, thanks for having me. Uh, always a pleasure chatting with you guys. So I'm excited to to get into it, talk about games that I've definitely watched. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll start there. We want to talk about Summer League. Uh, we were talking about, about it before we got on, even just me and Sam before Andrew even hopped in here. Um, and we were talking about how, like, I know I've watched like two of the games and half paid attention to another two. I know, Sam, you said you, you've caught two of them, one of them, three of them. How many? I only watched watch? the first one. <laughs> okay. I work early, so I can't watch. I mean, I'm listen. The finals, I'll, I'll move my sleep schedule around. I'll go home, work out, take a nap, and then get up and watch the game and go back to bed and split my sleep in half. But I'm yeah. not doing that to see them play Milwaukee in Vegas, right? So <laughs> I, I haven't seen much. I've been paying attention. I wake up and I see what happened. Um, but, yeah, it's it's nice to have a little bit of a break after the season. I know we kind of all talked about that before. And I'm definitely frozen. Or no, I'm not. No, you're good. No, you're not frozen. frozen. No, no, you're, you're here, Sam. Don't worry. So, Sam might be frozen on his end, but we'll keep it rolling. How many summer league games okay. have you watched, Andrew? Have you caught two of them, three of them, one of them? Okay. Uh, <laughs> None of them? <laughs> I, no, no, okay, no. I, I'm not that bad. <laughs> um, the the Miami game, I had it on while I was building my, my office out. <laughs> I, finally, I finally got some extra manpower around here, so I tried to set up some stuff in my office. So I had that going in the background. I did watch the second half of the, the, um, the Matt Ryan game, uh, the Milwaukee game. Yep, and then I caught I caught the the second and third quarter of the Grizzlies game today. So okay, gotcha. <laughs> I, I don't that's, know, that's a good like total. Seven, probably like eight combined quarters, maybe. I don't know. That's two games. That's a two full yeah. games. That's close enough. No, I, I was. I think I missed the first one for the most part. I was finishing up around a golf, which I'm awful at, by the way. It's not like I play serious, like I'm terrible at golf. But um, I was in the cart like watching, and I got home, and I was going somewhere after that, so I like haphazardly watched that one. I watched the Bucks and the Warriors ones pretty closely, but just because I, I had to write the recap, so I wanted to, you know, I figured I should pay attention to those. Uh, and then the Grizzlies one I watched intermittently while I was doing other work today. So I I, I feel like probably eight to ten quarters is a good round number to, uh, for me as well. So um, I just, you know, wanted to talk about that a little bit since it is what's new, what's going on. J.D. Davison, uh, 53rd pick in the draft of the Celtics this year, signed a two-way deal, played well today, had 28 points, 10 assists. He's looked good on both ends. Um, Mifondu Cabangele has looked great at the center position. I think that that's a guy we can definitely talk about. Uh, Juwan Begarin, who I've heard about 90 different pronunciations of his name, so we'll hope I'm saying that right, uh, has played good too. And then obviously, like you said, Matt Ryan had that game uh, and has been out since with an ankle injury. But um, we can start with Cabangele because I think that's obvious. Uh, obviously, the biggest hole in the Celtics main roster is that backup center position, and people have brought up his name. Um, what have you liked from him so far? And do you think he could potentially be a fit on the actual Celtics roster? Yeah. I mean, I think when, when you're thinking of the center position, the, the inclination is to think Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert, or, you know, whoever respects him. And then, you know, some <laughs> of the, some of the bigger guys, but you have to think like whoever the Celtics are trying to fill the roster with right now is not going to be playing against those guys. Most likely they're playing against other backup bigs. So there's really not that many like dominating forces on NBA benches that would make me be like, oh, we can't play Kevin Gailey right there. 
um, that being said, I still think the Celtics are probably going to find like a veteran via trade or I don't know, maybe late late yeah. addition in the summer uh, in free agency. But I think you could do a lot worse than having Kevin Gailey as like your fifteenth man. Um, and I think it's good to I think it's good to roster like two or three guys that are young, um, where you want to develop them. And if there are injuries, like you don't necessarily need to go sign somebody else or trade for somebody else because you have somebody there that you're somewhat invested in. So I would I would definitely be happy giving him the last roster spot. He's played really well. Yeah, and he seems to fit the mold of uh, a good backup to Robert Williams. Right, he can catch the lob, he can block shots, he's a little bit athletic. So. That typically is the way the Celtics like to do things in terms of their rotations. They like to just plug and play guys. We saw it a lot with Ime last year, kind of playing Grant behind Al Horford and really avoiding, you know, well, I guess, I guess when Rob went out, Tice was a solid backup because he is a little athletic. He does like the things Rob does just not nearly as well. That's so, a generous description yeah. for Daniel. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He was, listen, he was <laughs> fine. <laughs> he was fine in the series against the Nets when he had to play the real minutes. He was fine. Yeah. Well, I think Batman really helped out with, with he a lot, like yeah, true. making, making it, I know Jack was going to say yeah after that, but, uh, <laughs> but, but tight. Yeah. I mean, you're really trying to find somebody that it's like replacement level of Tice really. Cause at the end of the day, like between, Rob, Al, and and Grant, like you really don't need another and Cornette. Person. You know, let's not and, forget about Luke. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, if you're talking about like winning a specific game, like you really just need those three. But over the course of the season, you definitely want some insurance there. So, yeah, especially with Al Horford, and now he's going to be 37. True. He just played like for like seven, eight months straight, deep into yeah. the playoffs after not playing a whole season. He's definitely going to need his fair share of rest. So that's a super important pickup that they're going to have to make before September rolls around and training camp starts. I was listening to uh, the Brogdon Gallinari presser and Bobby Manning asked him, um, asked Brad Stevens about, you know, oh, what are we planning to do about the backup center position? Like, do you have any plans to replace Tice? And Brad immediately went to, we really believe in Luke. We love Luke Cornett. Like he just started like rambling off about Luke. And I was like, I know you're saying this because he's on the team, but I, you, please fill that backup center. Because like Luke Cornett's fine. And there were those moments two years ago now at this point where he was like solid and he played some minutes. But realistically speaking, if you're looking for a backup center position, I agree with Sam. Like you need someone who can replace Rob, right? You need someone who can at least replicate his production. You see it all over the roster with, you know, Derek White being a second Marcus Smart, essentially. Malcolm Brogdon's going to be a third one of that same kind of mold of a defensive point guard who can play make and shoot a little bit. Uh, and then you have the Jason and Jalen on the wing. You don't really have backups for them, which is another issue we can talk about. But um, Grant for Al, and then you need someone who can mimic what Rob does. And I'm not saying Kevin Gailey is a perfect fit for that, but in terms of age, I think he's 24, like, he can still learn and grow. And if you teach him the same way you're teaching Robert Williams and train them the same, I think they could be uh, a, a decent tandem one-two punch. And realistically speaking, he's just going to have to pay, play, what, 15 minutes a night, if that, right? Because you have Grant, you have Al, and you, Al and Robert are probably going to switch off at the center anyway. So uh, I wouldn't mind Kevin Gale. Uh Travion Williams is another name we could talk about too. I, I haven't been as impressed, I think, than what the general public has said his passing's awesome. And I think he's definitely talented enough to earn like a two-way spot. Like I'd give him a two-way, but in terms of give him a standard deal, he hasn't really shown me that. I don't know if Andrew, you have a different perspective, but Travion hasn't impressed me too, too much. No, I don't think, 
I think his passing, like you said, stands out, but also like he hasn't really like his vision stands out, but the actual passes he's throwing, it, it only works if you have people that have the chemistry <laughs> with you to catch those passes. <laughs> so it's like, and maybe that's not, wouldn't be the case if you have a roster full of NBA talent. But another thing, you know, when I'm thinking of that last position, like we're not really talking about Gallinari and roughly so he's not a five, but he's not a three either. So he's going sure. to really take those yeah. backup four minutes from Al. So, and I think, I'm pretty confident in saying that the Celtics believe in Grant to an extent. So I honestly could see the Celtics going small ball five with uh, with Grant at the at the five a lot more often than even going needing to go to Gavin Gelly or whoever or Luke Cornett or, or anybody like that. I think it's more for like when Al is out, you start Grant and then who's behind Rob. Or if Rob is out, then you know, you slide out to the five and then who's behind Al at that point. So like honestly I in a given game I don't really see the need um for somebody like I'd, I'd rather take a swing on a prospect than bring in like Dwight Howard. Um, so yes, you know, that. but <laughs> I, I kind of strayed from the plot a little bit because I think you asked me about Trevion Williams, but like he didn't really, um, he didn't really make me think like, wow, we got to get a roster spot for that guy, you know? Yeah. So that that was the hope coming in. He was probably like the biggest hype train guy on Twitter. Everybody was pumped up. Yeah. He can pass the ball. You mentioned Grant playing the backup uh, center role. I feel like that's kind of dangerous for Grant because when he struggled in that sophomore season, he was doing a lot more of that. And I felt like that was the reason he struggled. Like he put on weight and he he looked slow and he couldn't jump as much. Not that he's a big jumper anyways, but you know what I mean? Like that was like his demise. So it's definitely a good idea for them to bring in. So, I mean, it's going to happen and Gallinari is yeah. a good addition because it allows you to be more flexible like that. There are absolutely mm-hmm. going to be situations where you want Grant playing small ball five. It's going to happen, but yeah, I do having wonder that if, insurance is great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I do wonder if maybe they're going galaxy brain here and they will play Gallo at the three and just go super big off the bench. And then, fun. but, but you, you know, theoretically, if you have Grant stay lean, and, and a lot lighter on his feet like he was this past season, you can have them swap who they're guarding on defense. So you can have Grant guard the wing True. and and then just kind of have rules reverse on offense. That's, that might be a possibility. Maybe Which he has shown he can do, by the way. It's yeah, good. and yep. he just he just put the clamps on Kevin Durant. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> Hell yeah, he did. You know what? F- feed my agenda. I need it. I need all the Grant love. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I'd love Grant at the center. I think what Sam said is a little bit true. Like, it's dangerous because you have him ride this line of, is he big enough? But I think he's at the point in his career where he can be both big enough and quick enough to do both. And not, I'm, you know, I'm not going to start the Grant Williams as a five positional defender train just yet, but maybe in a few years we can get to that point. Uh, now <laughs> Grant's good. And I think you have a good backup rotation because like you said, I think a lot of people do forget about Gallo because he just hasn't been hyped up as much as the Braganac position. And everyone talks about, Oh, you still need a backup center, which is true. But, like you said, they don't really need to play too, too much. And then on top of that, the Celtics have two other roster spots open outside of that. You know, one we're just allotting to a backup center. Like they have three roster spots open and uh, an extra two-way spot. You have to assume one of them will go to the center. A two-way is kind of up for grabs based on that summer league team. But there are a few other guys on the summer league team right now who could earn a regular roster spot. You look at Broderick Thomas. He's looked good to me. I've been impressed with him. Matt Ryan, obviously, with that performance. My hot take this summer, and I guess we can start here, is Matt Ryan deserves a standard roster spot. That's my hot take. I think it's 
easy to say, okay, two ways, the very least, in my opinion, I think he's shown that. But with the way he moves off the ball, I think you're staring at another Max Drew situation right in the face. Um, and I'm not saying Matt Ryan's going to be as good as Max Drews. And I'm not saying he's going to get the same opportunities Max Drews gets in Miami because that's a real thing. You know, people play better when they get the chance to thrive. You're going to see that with Neesmith in Indiana. You saw it with Garrison Matthews in Houston. You saw it with Max Drews in, in Miami. But you need shooters on this team. Matt Ryan, if you combine the story, uh, the obvious hustle he plays with, and his ability to move off the ball, he'd be the best off the ball mover, if that's the phrase for it, on the Celtics immediately, right? Like there's there's nobody on the Celtics who can move off the ball and get open looks like Matt Ryan does. And this is, obviously sounds kind of ridiculous because it's Matt Ryan that I'm talking about, but I really think he has a spot on this roster and could play some serious minutes, even over Sam Hauser, because I personally have been more impressed with Matt Ryan than Sam Hauser. That's my crazy take, I guess, for summer league so far. Uh, but I see you squinting, Andrew. So I'll let you I'll let you take the lead here. Didn't Sam Hauser play in like one game? <laughs> no, he played. Did he play in two? He played in a couple. Yeah. He was real bad in the first game. Matt Ryan in the oh, two yeah, games yeah, he, he played him was definitely the best guy. Yeah, it, it felt like. And I was only laughing at you, Jack, because you you tied his story into a reason he might be like the best. <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> You're like it's not... story. This that is no, no. I meant that for a reason. Sam, Sam, you didn't know that we're on ESPN right now. This is God. just a cover up. <laughs> we're talking narratives. His, his story is fantastic, uh, though. Man, it's no, driving it DoorDash. It is. It, is. it, it, it is. makes him a better dasher off the ball. Yeah, I, honestly, that's that's not even the most impressive part of the story. Like he used to work at a graveyard. Like I think was it a year and a half ago. So. Like if I was trying to advertise my story, I'd focus on the graveyard part, not not DoorDash. But he gets the Undertaker name. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I I don't disagree that you know in October Matt Ryan should be associated mm-hmm. with the Celtics one way or yeah. the other. Like whether that's the two way spot or the full full contract. I think we're spending a lot of time talking about backup big, but we really need to talk about backup wing wings. Um, and yeah. Matt Ryan fits that bill. Like the defensive part is it is what it is, but. I, I I think we need one backup big and the last two spots should go to wings, especially after trading away Neesmith. So um House is already locked up. Matt Ryan, I, I don't really like love Justin Jackson. So I, I would say Broderick Thomas. I, I would probably want like an established wing though to take up one of those two spots, I think. You know. Uh so mm-hmm. maybe you sign Thomas to another two way or something like that but i think you you can get matt ryan in there as a movement shooter that the celtics have desperately needed <laughs> and then uh, and hopes that aaron neesmith would be and then you get another one for maybe uh, a veteran who's been around for a couple of years maybe hasn't you know played overseas last season or something like that you know do you have anybody left on your list jack of free agents i know we didn't really get to uh-huh. chat much uh about a condensed target by the way uh-huh. pat Connaughton is signing an extension Sam is so mad that Pat Connaughton's off the I just, market. Sam I think he's desperately a good wanted fit. Pat Connaughton. He was a good fit. He probably wouldn't have cost you too much. He didn't cost Milwaukee that much money. Plays mm-hmm. defense. He made every big shot in the series this year in the playoffs. Like every single time it was going in when it wouldn't matter. Well, one thing about Milwaukee is that they love their guys. So it's really hard to. I mean, good for them. <laughs> it's good for them. The league needs more of that. And and later, I do definitely want to touch on how Adam Silver said they got to start doing some of these guys requesting <laughs> trades everywhere. That was another thing I saw the same day I saw the uh, Connaughton news. Connaughton was the bad news. The trade thing was the good news. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as wings on my this 
fake list that I have, just a list in my head of names that I keep an eye on. Uh, the Wings list in free agency right now is absolutely atrocious. There's like nothing out there that's great, which is unfortunate. Like there's, I'm looking at the list, Wayne Ellington, who's th- going to be 35 in a sec here. Uh, Markeith Morris is the name I've seen, but he's more of a big, not really a wing. Kent Bazemore, Austin Rivers, who's more of a guard. Ben McLemore, Tony Snell, Rodney Hood. Like we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here. So there's some Tony guys Tony Snell who's best known for just being out there running. Like the most yeah. famous thing is the stat line <laughs> where he has nothing. I, so, I would take I would take McLemore. Yeah, he kind of fits right. what yeah. I he, like. He's not good. I mean, well, he's not great, um, but he kind of fits what I meant in my mind yeah. when I was saying like having another wing that is experienced, but you know, and can shoot and is athletic to an extent. Um, hmm. but then it's like cost reward. Like, would it make more sense to just stick with who you have and Broderick Thomas, who has more upside? Hmm. You know, that's a good somebody, somebody who got a workout in Las Vegas that I just read a story on. Shabazz Muhammad is eyeing an NBA comeback. Haven't heard that name in a long time. Huh? He's 29 still. Did you know that? You know, he's 29. Crazy. I mean, you could have told me he's 27, and I still wouldn't really <laughs> want to be. That's fair. Uh, and then other guys overseas still. Um, excuse me, that are former NBA players that I recognize. Jakar Sampson, James Nunnally, Dwayne Bacon, and James Ennis. Those are the, the names. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, like uh, mid! Yeah, uh, literally. <laughs> yeah, let's just run it back with Thomas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bring Project Thomas back, Matt Reinstein. Uh, Juwan Beggerin, we haven't talked about yet. I don't uh, think yeah. he's ready to come to the NBA, but he's looked all right. Like, I think he's looked good, but he's very clearly still a raw talent, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he probably could benefit from another year, but I, again, it wouldn't really be like the worst thing in the world if he got the two-way spot or if he, yeah. you know, like you could do, you could do a lot better, but you could do a lot worse, I think, than putting faith in your guy and developing them and having them a lot closer to home to be able to put in that work versus sending international scouts and hoping eventually it'll turn into something. And not international scouts, sure. but international coaches and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there still is the TPE we haven't talked about either. Like, yes. if you really want to spend more money, three, three more days, four more days. What is it? Uh, three, four. Like it's the eighteenth. Yeah. Hmm. I, I think they should there? spend that on the on on a wing versus a big. In my opinion, I agree completely. I agree. Like I think but, for the big spot, like we kind of touched on, you just need another person that is serviceable. Yeah. But you can get actual talent at the wing. I feel like you see more big men come out of nowhere too, in terms of yeah. where they come in and how much they're able to give you. An example is like guys like Whiteside and Clint Capella, who and, and even Rob now, who I was tying in with those guys forever, Jack. I remember. And like <laughs> those type of bigs just kind of ascend out of nowhere. Like Whiteside fell off a cliff, but Capella and Rob are still excellent players. And <laughs> that that athletic shot blocker able to play inside type guy is just so easy. It, well, not easy, but they tend to just come out of nowhere. So you're you're more liable to hit on that for nothing than a wing for nothing. Agreeing with you guys in a very long-winded way. Yes. Yes, and I there are some wings like on the in the range of TP, you know, land. Uh Duncan Robinson, I don't think is in it anymore because it's now the next league hmm. year, so he's making 18.1, so you can't get him. Uh, I'm going to get Sam all excited here. Marcus Morris does technically fit into the yep. TPE, which would be a very fun name. You could bring him back. That's the guy. That'd be... Not that they're <laughs> giving loves... him up because that team's trying to win now, but... <laughs> he couldn't wear the same number, Sam. No, he couldn't. That would be frustrating. 
<laughs> That's Sam's thing. Uh, other guys, Kevin Herter just got traded. That name's off the list. Malik Beasley, you could run it back, try to go get him because Utah's having what looks to be a fire sale. Uh, past that, Derek Rose fits into it, but again, that's a guard. You need a wing. Luke Kennard, who tries on defense a little bit, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Doug McDermott, can they get Josh Richardson back? Is that legal? I don't know if that's legal. No. No, no you have to. He has to have been <laughs> traded to a, a third team before you can trade it's back for him. Oh, or you have to wait a calendar year. Yeah. So. yeah. That makes sense. It's unfortunate, though. Uh, and after that, it's really just descends into nothingness. So I think those are your real options. Um, well, honestly, position, I, I don't see. I mean, I know that Brad said that they have the green light to spend, but I don't see them yeah. bringing in somebody with like seventeen million that expensive, or something yeah. like that. Because then that that's like extra. I, I'm not a cap expert, but that's no. like extra, <laughs> extra like forty million on the some stupid yeah tax. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, so, I mean, you can, I, but they again, like you, if you, even if you look at the bottom of that list, like, is it really that much? Is it is it worse or better than Juan Beggarin? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, if you look at at the lower end of like the seven to ten million guys, like, is it really is it worse or better? I don't know. Like we're talking at that point, there's really not much. Like Reggie Bullock makes over ten million, but he's going to start in Dallas next year, from what I'm hearing. Um, from what I, from in from Dallas, what is no joke of a team. They're so good he's team. not he's not trying to hop out of there because they're not winning. Yeah, he's not on the Knicks anymore. True. true. <laughs> uh, Chetty Osman, but I don't know if he'd be available. Like a lot of these yeah, people just aren't going to be available for trade. You know what I'm saying? So at that point, yeah. sign Matt Ryan, sign Beggar, sign Beggar, and sign Broderick Thomas. And realistically speaking, we're talking about the wings. I think Brogdon, Derek White, and Grant Williams, who are all like forwards and guards, are all capable of playing the wing too. Like I don't, I, I think they can mix around positions to the point where they have decent wing depth without actually having any wings on the roster, which is weird. So I'm not I too, mean, too we're worried, about, but they definitely need veterans. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the end of the roster that you know on the same team that was the final team last year was you know Malik Fitz, Nick Stauskas, and <laughs> I don't know the rest of the names are escaped. Juwan Morgan. Um, and you know, you know, at the end of the day, it's probably going to be Jabari Parker. So I don't even know why we're talking about it again. <laughs> God, I forgot about Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker's like kind of fine though. Like I know it's so, yeah, it's, <laughs> like yes. like for like being like the fourteenth guy, like that's fine. He yeah, was I'm fine when he was here. He was good in the Nets yeah, series in uh, his first season in twenty twenty one when they were real bad. He was yeah, he I actually was... like shifted momentum in a playoff game. He did. I thought it was funny that people were like so angry about him playing. Like, buddy, half of our roster is, is like broken beyond repair. It's yeah. fine that he's getting minutes right now. Exactly. I remember my favorite part was at the beginning of the playoff series this season. The Nets were like, "Oh, I mean, the Nets beat the Celtics last year," and everyone's like, "Jabari Parker was starting games for the Celtics last year when the Nets beat them." Like, I was guilty is- of that in 2019 <laughs> when they matched up with Milwaukee after beating them in seven. And I was like, "Oh, like Celtics got Hayward and Kyrie, and Bucks are going to beat this team," and they sure as shit they did. <laughs> they beat the crap out of them. Yeah, we were all guilty of that, though. It seemed yeah, like it, it seemed happens. like easy. I mean, we had just swept Indiana too. Like they blew them out. Game one. Good. I still can't believe they lost that series. I Jack, I, we have had this conversation before, <laughs> by the way, where I'm just like, I just can't believe like they lost like George Hill. It's like one of the dumbest playoff series I've yeah. ever seen in my entire uh, life. Hill. 
And then fast forward, what, four years, and George Hill's the reason the Celtics beat the Bucs this year because Mike Budenholzer refused to, to bench him uh, for some reason. Uh, now, you know what the dumbest series that we ever lost was the, the bubble series against, against Miami. That's another one. That was horrible. Uh, it's really stupid. <laughs> brutal. Man. I, brutal. Sam, what's your take on that series? The Miami series? Well, I, I say if they have Horford that year, they win. Yeah, sorry. You always say the same thing. No, nah, even if even if Hayward if Same Hayward was it. healthy that year, then you don't go seven against Toronto, and, and you're better rested against Miami. And Hayward is actually functional. You, yeah, you win the you win the championship. Forget, before that OG shot went in, they were steamrolling everyone. Like yeah. they were they were sweeping Toronto, and like it was Miami next. Like okay, fine. Yeah, that's a championship. But at least we don't have to hear the fake fake championship allegations. I, I would so. hear it. I would hear it. I would hear it any day. But it is yeah, a no, it's true. I would take it. Don't don't get it, it twisted. The Lakers championship is fake, but if we had won it, it would have it would have been completely legitimate. So, but that's why I wanted this year so bad because <laughs> it's like there's no strings attached to this one. Even last year, you could say that 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 was fake. With I mean, it's not in my opinion, but you could make the argument, you know. But this year is you know a normal year normal 82 games i mean not normal because half the league had covid in, in December. yeah there was like so a <laughs> there was an outbreak and and joe johnson was playing and, and cj miles was on the celtics <laughs> like, what a what a time that feels like two years ago what a time guys wearing numbers oh, yeah. you that, never that's... thought you would see worn <laughs> he had like 62 <laughs> 62 uh, has 62 ever been worn in the NBA? That's a great question. I doubt numbers it. Numbers by oh, I, I Let's see. Yeah. There are, some, there are a lot that haven't. There are a lot that haven't been. Some, been some tending guy off. at some point has worn 62. NBA jersey number database. I can find I know there's a website for it. <laughs> Excuse me, but I just don't know. Uh, when 62 this year. Two, two guys. There were no 62 two guys. this year. Were there Scott, really Scott Pollard with the Indiana Pacers? Really? Okay. Yeah, gotcha. and then uh, you got Bob it. Dilly with the Detroit Falcons in 1947. <laughs> so you need year. to know. Legends. The second, the second year the league was a thing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Cody Clark uh, wore uh, 63 for the Celtics in 2016. There you, you go. That. Has anybody ever worn 69 for no apparent reason? I don't yeah, think you're allowed think so. to. Oh no, nobody's ever worn it. You, I don't think you can. That's is so it, funny. Is there like a rule against that? I don't think they let you. No, I, I genuinely don't think they let you. <laughs> like, there's That'd be the be best somebody rule. immature enough to, to make it to the league. And you know what? If there was anybody who would have ha- who would have ever worn it, it would have been J.R. Smith, and he didn't. And so yeah. I guess we're never going to see it. I think That's Ron Artest tried um, and said no. Yeah, he did. Oh, really? He did. I, th- I think that's true. I think he tried, and they said you can't do that. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that's that. For our David Stern um, putting his foot down. Wanting to see a Lakers, the next thing, Lakers finals. <laughs> the next thing I'm I want to ask you about. Now. Sorry, I'm like in a, in a rabbit no, you're hole. No, you're good. <laughs> do you have the site of all the numbers ever up somewhere? Where it's a uh, basketball reference. Nobody's ever won 58 either. Really? Um, yeah, if you just Google, uh, has anyone worn number 62 in the NBA? Like, basketball reference is the first one. And then it has, like, a little ticker where you can select different jersey numbers. Oh. So no, one, no one's ever worn 58. 
no one's ever worn 69. A lot of the 70s haven't been used, so that's interesting. Um, interesting. Do with that where you will. Thank you. Yeah, I wonder if Luke is like the first star to have a number that high. 71? Yeah. Right? I mean, 77. 77. 77. I mean, we can do Might some. Be. I mean, Vincent Poirier hey. wore 77. He was first. Let's be honest. Put, put some respect on Ursan Ilyasova's name. All right. Yeah, disrespectful. Uh, Andrea Bargnani. <laughs> Ironically enough, the first guy wow. I thought of when we talked about the seventies was uh, Gigi Detome. Gigi yeah. Detome. Uh, Chris Weber wore number eighty-four for the Pistons uh, in two thousand seven. So I guess if you want to call that, I didn't know oh, he was man. on the Pistons in two thousand seven. I can't find any stars that wore a higher number than 77. I'm like scrolling through. Um, 88 is somewhat common right now, but there's no like stars. Just you guys remember guys. when Darko Milicic was on the Celtics? He was, yes. <laughs> briefly. Um, George Mikan wore 99. That's okay. true. That counts. For the Lakers. That counts. Taco Fall too. Legend. <laughs> Legend Taco Fall. Um, Pivoting. Sorry, I lost my train of focus. I did want to ask you about the Brogdon trade because uh, obviously that's probably the biggest move the Celtics have made this offseason. Sent out Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, Malik Fitz, Juwan Morgan, Nick Stauskas, and a top 12 protected 2023 first-round picks. I've memorized it by now. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of the trade? I know you're a big Marcus Smart guy, and a lot of people were saying, like, trying to use the Brogdon trade as – a reason why Marcus Smart is bad. We went on like a 20 minute rant about this our last episode, but we, and when we went on that, we think, oh, we really need to get Andrew well, on here. Soon the NFL because... season hasn't kicked off yet. So they're not watching the Patriots yet. So they're still kind of paying attention. <laughs> yeah. This is true. So we want to yeah, know your like, thoughts on the move. Like <laughs> Literally, they need to make a choice, yeah. but thoughts on the move and then also thoughts on not even what it means for Marcus Smart, but just all the people saying that they're right now because the Brogdon trade happened. Yeah, first thing I want to say before I pivot is that actually Meta World Peace or Ron Artest got 96 because he was denied, denied 69. So he, he was 96. Amazing. Yeah, all right. I'm done with jersey numbers. Um, <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon, uh, the first thing I said when, when the Celtics complete, like when the news of the trade happened, like literally my first tweet was like, this is probably the best playmaker that you could acquire that, that wouldn't replace Marcus Smart and that would fit next time. And I think everyone... Yeah from Brogdon himself to Smart in an exclusive interview with, with Jay King today um, to Brad Stevens. like every Everybody has said that they can coexist, and I think that's just what it comes down to. So you talk about, like, the floor general stuff. I don't, it's, it's still a bunch of garbage to me because I think that is smart. And uh, But now you have two of them, and I think that's really valuable because then, you know, you look at, like, Smart's on-off, like, even beyond the numbers, just, like, what the team looked like. And then in crunch time, a lot of times, a lot of times the ball would be in the hands of, of Tatum and Brown, um, and that's where we lost a lot of our poise. So I think a lot of the improvement is just going to be internal anyway. But then you talk about like replacement level, like you just up the floor of the team by adding a knockdown shooter, a guy who's not afraid to drive to the basket, uh, a good locker room presence, and just you you upped the talent level of the entire team. So that just can't be a bad thing, especially if he's not like a head case, which by all indications he's not. So um so there's like no downside to this for me at all um it sucks to see tice go though 
I knew it was going to happen, but brutal. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I I completely agree. There literally is no downside to this. Last time we talked about it, uh, we were discussing, you know, what what's the worst thing that happens, and nothing. Not you gave up no rotational pieces except for Tice, and Tice was a guy that somebody, not somebody, some people were like saying get rid of. He's not good enough. This that you know like. What's really going to happen is Neesmith is going to get playing time. He's going to play well, and people are going to get pissed. But even if Brogdon, like, doesn't play any games for the Celtics, he just decides to hang it up, right, which isn't going to happen, like, you didn't lose anything. You weren't going to play Neesmith. And you're getting a guy that, like you said, is probably the next best playmaker to Marcus Smart without being a replacement to play next to him and to come off the bench. Like, that's fantastic. It's like the anti-shooter move because you get a you get a point guard that can actually like coexist with him, and that if you if you I y'all knew I had this much of shooter at some point today. Uh, no, but if you keep you know you can play both of them together down the floor, down the stretch because that was what yeah. um, Ime was doing because like on his own shooter was like the fifth best player at the time, but not the fifth best fit down the down the stretch of, of the games in the beginning of the season. So now you can take your fifth best player and actually play him with your other four best players. And then again your crunch time lineup has a much higher ceiling, both on both ends. Because Schroeder has the reputation of like quick hands, but is not like a great defender by any means. But Brogdon is more than solid. And he doesn't disrupt their switch everything scheme or switch most things scheme, which is also another like wrinkle to the deal that I think is a fantastic thing to keep in mind. Yeah. I agree. And people are forgetting this team made the finals. So if you're thinking yeah. that Marcus Smart is going to get upset that Malcolm Brogdon's on the team or that Brogdon's going to be trying to like undermine Smart, these guys are all here to win. Marcus Smart just won Defensive Player of the Year. He's probably got the best individual award he's ever going to win. What else is he mm-hmm. trying to do other than win a championship? These guys all just had the – it was a painful loss in the finals. Let's not act like the series was, you know – decided before it started whatever like jack i say this probably every time we've done a show since the finals I, they should have won they, sh- they shouldn't have kicked away game four and they should have been able to win yeah yeah my I, thing is I, i'm just a little disrespect there on on the Marcus smart all-star campaign that i'm gonna be launching hey i no no know. i kicked it off last year and i was La- before last season on this podcast sam goes i think Marcus smart will be an all-star this year like deadpan fully serious take uh and he obviously it. didn't but it was he, he played like a borderline all-star like in the second half of the season he did like, yeah in the second half it, you probably will never make it but i'm gonna, it's not gonna stop me from trying like if the celtics are good enough he could make it on like a a hawks yeah. type beat you know what yeah. i'm saying like those hawks yeah, teams i, I do I think, think the celtics are gonna win 60 games this year so there is a chance there if he if he that'd be crazy if his counting stats are there mm-hmm. my thing is doubling back on Sam like talking about how they just made the finals. The craziest thing for uh, the Marcus Smart hate for me is the two arguments are either Celtics need a point guard or what's the other one? It's the Celtics need a point guard to win a championship or smart can't shoot. There's stuff like this. It's or Marcus Smart is not a point guard and the Celtics need a point guard. The Celtics just made the finals with Marcus Smart as a point guard. So either he's not a point guard and you don't need a point guard to win, or he is a point guard and 
you're wrong, right? Like you're they're contradicting yeah. themselves when they make these statements. And the smart kid should think he shot 40 percent in the finals, right? From three, like he yeah. shot very well. I, I have finals. never seen people root against a guy on their own team like people root against Marcus Smart. I have a friend that consistently wants him to fail, and every time he plays poorly, like like game five against Milwaukee, which wasn't his fault. It's just at the end, it was unfortunate. He had two, you know, plays that didn't go his way. I mean, yeah. I've never seen people get excited like that. Like your team just lost a gut wrenching game. I legitimately couldn't even sleep after. And, and you're excited <laughs> because Marcus Smart had he got blocked and stripped at the end of the game. Yeah, what weird. a loser! Very well. I will say that does not sound like a friend. No, <laughs> no. I, I will say it is very impressive that. Smart, it's taken to smart like 13, not 13, however many years to get to this point eight. of eight years. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know why I said 13. Sorry, I'm losing my mind. Um, eight years to get to this point of fan base hates him. Russell Westbrook did that. He speed run, he speed ran the get yeah, entire fan sucks. base hate me. Like, he's actually well, bad. It's I know, different. I know. My, I, he I might kinda, not even I'm, be bad, he might just be a bad fit. Okay, that's enough. Yes, yeah. well, I, I kind of, I that's what about, I don't want to get too much into the smart stuff, uh, like yeah, yeah. personally, but like I know what, what you mentioned of Jack of okay, people saying smart's not a point guard, but then they also say, Why is Marcus Smart shooting? So you want to get a point guard in there so that <laughs> the ball ends up in smart's hands to shoot more, like it just doesn't make any sense. And I honestly, that was really, I never got a chance to write about it, but that was something I, I, I did have interest in exploring, um, as the playoffs went on. Is that when the offense would stall or just look bad, like at the end of game seven against Miami, who was bringing the ball down and in- initiating the offense? It wasn't smart. So how, why does he get the brunt of the of the blame when Tatum is taking the ball down and then the play, the ball moves around and then it ends up in Smart's hands with five seconds left? Like what's, what's Smart supposed to do there? Like to me, that was more of a coaching failure to not have smart initiate so that you set up Tatum in those spots. Cause the, in 24 seconds, the ball just wouldn't have enough time to get back to Tatum to finish the play. If he was starting to play. And I, that's where I thought the offense really, you know, fell apart in the finals too. So. I agree. I always say like, like you said, people complain when Marcus smart shoots too much. I mean, you put him next to like you essentially throughout his entire career, he's been forced to play shooting guard. And then yeah. the one year, he moves to not the shooting guard. Not only do they play the best they've ever played like with this core, but people then say he's not a point guard either. Like, sorry, let him play center. Let's start. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, it just, uh, anyways, we don't have to continue on the market smart. I was going to yeah. say this uh, in the middle of our conversation, but I saved it. How crazy is it that in the span of two years, the Celtics bench went from Grant Williams, Brad Wanamaker, and Shemi Ojolet to Grant Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, and Danilo Gallinari. Like, the roster construction has just gone, like, to the moon. Like, skyrocket. Credit Brad Stevens. Credit Ime Odoka for the coaching. And credit Danny Ainge, too. I know it's, like, he doesn't get credit for this team. But he drafted Grant Williams. He drafted Peyton Pritchard. Like, he brought in all these guys. Like, he drafted the majority of the current core. Like, the way the Celtics have gone from we are a young team trying to get to the finals to making it to the finals for one year and then immediately saying okay the time is now to compete trading all their assets putting all the chips on the table and putting together probably one of the best benches in the league i was reading a bleacher report article uh on what the biggest holes on every team's roster is and the celtics was literally nothing like they they essentially have their ideal 
10 man rotation already laid out for him. Like I, I just want to talk about how impressive it, it has been for Brad Stevens on his first year on the job. Cause I think he's had a fairly flawless run as GM outside of the Cantor signing. That's the one thing I'll give him a, a red flag for, but I, I think he's been pretty flawless. Sam, I want you to, I, I hope you realize how, Jack like shoehorned Grant in there so many times. Like <laughs> the bench went from Grant and these guys to now it's Grant and these guys. Like, I just wanted Grant to make sure people knew that he he's still there. He's still he's still here. Grant was it's leading fun. the Grant bench two years ago months. and he's still leading the bench, but they have better players, but he's still the best one. <laughs> it's oh, Grant man. and a bunch of bums to now Grant and some <laughs> slightly less bums. <laughs> nah, hey, I respect it. You know, you're looking at the, the number one market smart guy, so you know, um, no, I think, I think honestly, like Brad Stevens should have gotten more executive of the year love last year. Cause yeah, you know, maybe it's like, oh, well, it's not blind homerism. Cause I got to two wins away from a championship, but like the whole playoff run, I'm, I'm thinking like, it should be pretty clear. Like this is a, the best constructed team left in the playoffs. And the only other team was the Warriors, which their team wasn't constructed this past year. It's, it's something that's been going on over, yeah. over time. And then, they tank well, not tank, but they had a bad year and got some draft compensation for it. Um, but you know, of course, Memphis made some jumps, and you know, it's whatever. But this year, like, if he doesn't win the award this year, it, it's 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 almost as bad as when he got stumped for coach of the year um, because, <laughs> yeah. like, he took a, a winning roster, improved it at no cost, and on paper, I would say the Celtics have the best, if not the top three. Uh, you know, roster on paper in the league. Absolutely. You know, the only two I would say, what happened? Betting, they're betting favorites too right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could say that Milwaukee might have a better chance of winning the championship or whatever, but that's not a roster that they constructed this summer. It's just getting Chris Middleton back. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, total credit to Brad Stevens who people were killing him, you know, when he got promoted saying a whole bunch of things that he's, He's proven that he he's earned the spot. He was really good at his job. So. For sure. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it. This has cost him nothing. <laughs> what did they give up for any of these guys? Nothing. They gave Kemba. up. They gave up, they, they gave up Kemba for Al Horford with the 16th pick in last year's draft, which I couldn't tell you who it is. I'm sure Jack could tell me, but I I don't know. And I'm then they used a TPE to get Josh Richardson, which they turned into Derek White, and they put yep. Langford in that deal with a pick. Like these guys cost them nothing. Gallinari signed for free. Brogdon cost them the guys at the end of the bench that they look like they picked them off the street. Actually, no, those guys are still on the team. But the like uh, Matt Ryan, Sam Hauser, Luke you Cornette. flip Schroeder like, for Tice, for Schroeder Brogdon. and Cantor for Tice. Like it cost them nothing. Yeah, like this we have insane. not downgraded any of our rotation at any point, and now we've only bolstered our rotation. So. It is amazing yeah. what Brad Stevens has gotten for fringe players on this team. Usually, yeah, every time we're hearing trade rumors, uh, you know, like you could even say last season when the team was bad, it was like Marcus Smart for this person. Even now, Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. Th- this kind of thing. Like, who's who's like getting excited about losing a big piece on your team? I don't get it. I don't get yeah, it. Well, I, you know, I, as much hate as Marcus Smart gets, I think. J- like Jalen is just catching strays nonstop yeah, now. This whole summer, and I think I think it's really stupid. <laughs> um, you know the 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 turnover stuff. It it stinks and and it is what it is. But like he was still hooping, like the whole playoff run. Hmm. I, it's just mind boggling. People just I am, are only happy when it rains. 
Exactly. I'm known as I wrote an article about like, I think it was literally titled analyzing Jalen Brown's recent struggles in like November. I have like a cult following on Celtics blog and on Twitter now that whenever I say anything about Jalen Brown, they go, Oh, I thought you hated him. I'm like, this is not the same thing. Like, I don't know what we're talking yeah, about. Jack just waltzed over on this <laughs> podcast, like halfway through the spring and was like, I don't know, man. Jalen Brown's not pulling his weight. <laughs> I was Jaylen very Br- mad at Jalen Brown. They Jack, Jack was Jack. out, out on Jalen Brown. <laughs> I, for very, I wouldn't say a out. Week I was so. mad. I, I mean, I was also the guy. I think I called Jason Tatum a flashy Marcus Morris last year. I think was what I called him, which was rude. I deserved it. <laughs> See, Tatum, when Tatum gets like ridiculed and like like trashed on, like he always deserves it. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like like people don't give him enough crap. He does he does so much well, so many things that just make you like throw your hands up that yeah. I don't know. Tatum went Tatum I think I tweeted this at one point. Like Tatum is either like the the second coming of Larry Bird or he's like Rachel France. Like there's no in between. <laughs> like he's either extremely good or he's like detrimentally bad. And thankfully yeah, yeah. it's not like that. Frequent. I think it did happen a couple of times in this playoff run at like the worst times, but it's in the zone most. between. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was he was really bad at, at points. Like Game actively hurting the team. Miami like sometimes when, yeah, I mean sometimes when Jalen is bad, like he's just there. Uh, and yeah, you know, yeah. But but Tatum just. But he's also so good. So it's you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh. Anyways, uh, I know you got to run. You got to get out of here, so uh, we can wrap it up here. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, again, is there any you know agendas that you'd like to push before before you get out of here? Anything you want to say? Uh, you know, shout out your Twitter. Obviously, I, I used to read Twitter's out, and then I got somebody's Twitter wrong, so I usually let people say their own now, so I don't mess it up. So at least you didn't get Steve Lopet's career wrong. <laughs> That's what Sam did. Sam was very embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I'm so Anyways, sorry. Sorry, yeah. Anything you want to say before you get on out here, Andrew? No, I mean, just going to start soft launching the Marcus Smart All-Star campaign uh, over yep. the summer. So watch out for that. My Twitter is just literally my name. No space here. Uh, yes, I hope I did that right. It looks right yeah, over here. Um, yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. So, uh, but really, always a pleasure hanging out and talking with you guys. Thanks for inviting me. And, uh, you know, I probably will be on Twitter a little less just because it's getting kind of stupid sometimes. Oh, but, oh yeah. You know, y'all seem... Y'all, what know, have, what have you been doing September. to keep busy since the season ended? Oh, I mean, my other thing is just anime and, you know, I, you know, work and that kind of stuff. But I, I'm just like the, the conversations on here are just getting aggressively dumber. I feel like. Oh, yeah. and, and, and that's kind of the downside. I don't know where you guys reeled me back in. But that's kind of the downside <laughs> of, uh, of the Celtics getting so close and losing is that yeah. just these wild overreact- overreactions to things. And maybe even if we won, it would still be really stupid on here. But I don't know. Um so I, I'm just gonna bide my time until there's actual basketball to talk about, and you know, what I, obviously the the Woj bombs and, and things that happen, but they're fun. Yeah, but <laughs> September I'll be back. You know, I, I'm not going anywhere. I don't know why I'm making this more dramatic than anything. <laughs> month and a half. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be talking about Donovan Mitchell in probably my ten minutes. So who knows? I've had enough of these guys coming to the Eastern Conference. But I knew you were gonna yeah. say this. I knew this was what the it's conversation was to be. Uh, anyways, God. <laughs> thank win. you for thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys all for listening, and I'll let Sam wrap it up per usual. Yeah, thank you very much for watching or listening. If you're watching, you're probably on YouTube watching on Guy Boston or Bannertown. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, regardless of where you're at. That way you won't miss any new podcasts. Or if you're on Guy Boston, you can see us do uh, live streams, whether it's before a game, 
some random one this summer. Who knows what you're going to get? Um, again, big thanks to Andrew for coming on. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's always tweeting some heat. He'll retweet Jack once in a while. You know, let it, let him know about Grant Williams, right? You can follow Jack to see him tweet about Grant at Jack's Mon NBA or or any of his articles. You can follow at From Rafters Pod for when Jack does tweet the art uh, the podcast. Podcast, not the articles. And you can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA if you want to see me complain about guys playing in the Eastern Conference. That's our show for today. Bye.